eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al Zane and Brian. Is there, you know, is there possibly a Trey Lance trade uh, in the works? We're post June one, so they'd actually save money this this off season. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, as somebody who you know covers the team uh, for Niners Nation, uh, just kind of wanted to get your feel on where you are in terms of your thought process behind whether or not there could be a Trey Lance trade, and whether that would, I guess, your opinion on on how you feel that would be, I don't want to say perceived, but what is your opinion on whether or not that would be a good move? I think realistically, the only way that they do that is if maybe Sam Darnold looks really good during camp. Uh, he gets a slight edge over Trey Lance whenever the depth chart comes out. Cause it seems pretty evident that if all things go right with the recovery, Purdy will be number one on the depth chart. So it kind of comes down to who's going to be the number two. So if we get to a spot where Trey Lance is third on the depth chart and he kind of amicably approaches John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, the front office, and he's like, hey, you know what? Like, I, I would like to go somewhere where I can start fresh, have an opportunity to start. It just seems like it's not really going to work here. I can see the 49ers just kind of doing right by him, getting something back if that's the path that it goes down. But I don't think that they're going to be looking to move him. I think that the only way they would even do it, even if he is third on the depth chart, is if he were to ask for it and request it. I think that they're just so scarred from the last few seasons where they've had almost everything else in place but a consistent, healthy quarterback. And I think that all the things you hear about insulating the quarterback room and depth and having viable options – I think a lot of people just think it's coach speak or it's just, you know, fluff, but I think there really is substance to it. And it, it, it hurts hearing some of these players talk at the podium as a fan of the sport, because when you hear them talk about that game in Philly, like they genuinely feel like they were robbed of a chance to play for a Super Bowl. And it's different yeah. than losing a close game or a turnover or a bad call. They literally did not have a quarterback that could throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. I can't remember ever seeing that happen in such a high leverage game and all my years watching football. So I think just the scarring that's left over from that just horrific luck they had in Philadelphia and over the course of the last couple seasons, we'll just leave them in a position where they're going to keep as many of these guys as possible. But I also don't think they're going to keep Trey Lance 
against his will if he's voicing very clearly that, hey, this just isn't working out. I'd like to move on and start fresh. So I hate to say it. I kind of think the ball's in Trey Lance's court to see where that goes. I don't think it's necessarily fair that that's the way it goes. But unfortunately, life isn't fair, and the NFL is definitely not fair. Um, so I think ultimately it really boils down to that. And as as far as reception goes, I mean, most teams would be under a lot more scrutiny just for the way the last couple seasons have played out. You take a guy that high, you move that many picks, they've played four games, albeit one season was injury. That's kind of – it's different. But just the whole situation, most teams would be under a much bigger microscope and being criticized a lot more than the 49ers have been. They've just been really successful in spite of it. So if they keep winning this year, I don't think it's going to be as critical of a response. But if Purdy or Darnold or whoever stays ends up not working out and they move off of Lance, I think they open themselves up to a world of criticism, which would be justified. When you move that many picks for a guy, you have to hit. And to this point, I don't think we can say he's a bust, but you also can't say that it's been a success. So I just think the uncertainty is really what makes people the most uneasy about all this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and I think that the other thing is that you talk about insulating the quarterback room, and that was a good point because – over the last six seasons, the first, actually the only six seasons that Kyle has been here, they've used multiple quarterbacks in every season except for one in 2019. And last year, obviously, as we know, they went through the entire quarterback room. So you add a Brandon Allen to the mix, who is a, a good backup, but a veteran presence there. And now they've really insulated their quarterback room where to the point where they can absorb the loss of one or two guys now with these the, the rule changes to allow for more quarterbacks to be activated for playoff games which I guarantee you they will activate all three now at this point, given what happened last year. But what are your thoughts kind of on that? Like, is there anything to that? We talked about it last show where the Brandon Allen signing could be a precursor to maybe like a Trey Lance Trey. Like, is there, is there anything to that in your opinion? You know, it's really hard. So for the longest time, my whole outlook on like backups and quarterback depth was, I don't know if you guys remember, there's a story, uh, Tom Moore, he was the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis for a long time when Peyton Manning was there. Yeah. And I believe it was John Gruden sat in on a practice and they didn't run anything for the second team during the practice. And Gruden was like, hey, like, what, why, why aren't you running anything for the backups? And he pretty much said, if Peyton Manning goes down, we're screwed and we don't practice yeah. screwed. And it was a little he bit said, more boring than that. He said, he said, we don't practice fucked. That's what Okay, I don't know if I can swear on you. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Say whatever you want. Yep. And... <laughs> That to me was always kind of how I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, as as hard as it is to throw in the towel if your starter gets hurt, it's really hard to win without a starting quarterback in the league. And it's just something where as much as you want to prepare for it, it just feels like an exercise in futility. But the 49ers over the last few years have completely changed my outlook on it, uh, especially the way we've seen uh, Nick Mullins, um, Brock Purdy coming in, some of these guys that you wouldn't expect to be able to just come in right away and find some success. I, I think that you can with this offense, especially given how deep the skill position players are, stay afloat. Whether or not that means you're going to win a Super Bowl, I think it's really hard to envision a scenario where you can win a Super Bowl with Brandon Allen. But if it was like a one, two-week thing, 
I think that there's a path to winning football games with any person that offers you a competent level of quarterback play at the NFL level where you're not asking them to carry the offense. You're not asking them to light up the scoreboard. You're literally just asking them, don't make a horrendous mistake and just get the ball in space to McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, and this just bevy of playmakers you have. So there could be something to it, Zane. I, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, absolutely not. Like, it doesn't matter who the backup is. You know, if whoever they choose to start gets hurt, season's over. But last year, they were on their third quarterback, and they won the division in Seattle with the guy that was on his third or fourth start at the time. So I'm kind of having to adapt on the fly and just I've gotten to the point where I trust the scheme and I trust the playmakers so much. As long as they believe, as, as long as Kyle believes whoever, I always like to think he's kind of like the puppeteer behind the scenes. As long as mm-hmm. he believes whoever's under center can operate and do what he's asking of in this offense, they're going to be able to win football games. And it, I haven't seen enough of Brandon Allen to have a strong opinion yet, but he's been in the NFL for a number of years. And I, I have no reason to believe he couldn't do it for a game or two if they needed it. I want to touch on one more thing on the offensive side of the ball. And then we've got a couple of defensive questions as well. I know that you, we're at camp, uh, I believe every day last year. Is that correct? Or most days? Yeah, I think every day. The question I have, and, and, and again, it's going to take you reflecting back on that time, you know, Colton McKibbitz is coming to step in and, and, and Chris Furster has already said, essentially Spencer Burford is our right guard. Colton McKibbitz is our right tackle, which means the offensive line is set as it currently stands. There's sounds like there's really no competition at either of those spots. Did you see anything from McKivitz? Because they've talked about they 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 briefly kind of explored trading Mike McGlinchey prior to last season because they believe in Colton McKivitz. Did you see anything from him where you can say, yeah, I think that he's going to be able to step in and and hold it down, or or do you have some healthy skepticism about this being the plan for the offensive line? Off the top of my head, I can't recall any specific one-on-one reps, but I took notes on almost all the defensive line and offensive line one-on-one reps. And I definitely had a few where McKivitz had done something positive that I highlighted. I definitely, like, thinking back on it, I literally had a little notepad that I was keeping all these notes in. Um, I I definitely remember there was a few instances where I was pleasantly surprised with how well he was holding up against guys that were first-team players, uh, the Ebucoms, the Charles Menehues. Um, and those guys that were participating in those one-on-one drills. I think he can do it. I think that the offensive line is an area where like last year we went in and a lot of the skepticism around the team was, well, everything's set, but the offensive line is this big question mark. How are they going to be able to hold up? How are they going to be able to, it seems like people still kind of have those doubts, but if you look at all the metrics, they were a top 10 pass blocking unit and a top 10 run blocking unit last year. I thought they were really consistent across the board. And I thought that that was, very impressive considering they had three new starters on the interior uh, and three guys who really hadn't had much experience in the NFL as a starter, even though Brendel's been around for a bit, he didn't have this, you know, wealth of experience as a starter. So I just think that they've kind of earned the benefit of the doubt with me anyway, uh, especially Chris Forster. I think Chris Forster is brilliant. And I think that there's a tangible swing in how much better the offensive line has looked since he arrived in his role in 2021. He'd been with the team prior, but since he had been promoted to offensive line coach and really gotten to work hands-on with that group and specialize with them, they've been a top 10 pass blocking unit each of the last two years, which was an area they really needed to improve. The run blocking was pretty good before he got there. I would say elite, actually. They were more than pretty good. But the pass blocking definitely left some room to be desired. And since he's been here, he's improved the pass blocking tremendously. So 
I just think that if Chris Forster believes in them, I have no right to to disagree until we start seeing maybe in camp preseason, first couple weeks of the season. If the guy's a turnstile and he's getting beat a lot, then it might be time to be like, all right, Chris, maybe we misevaluated this a little bit. But when Chris Forster speaks about O-line, my ears perk up and I listen because the guy's just brilliant. Uh, I think there are a few guys in the game that are on his level of expertise at that position. And if he believes those are the right guys for the job, I have no reason to doubt him.